Is a killer planet headed towards Earth? And is it possible, even in the slightest, that using methamphetamines can make you immortal? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you're having a great day too. We got a great episode today. Got two great stories. We're going to do a Dead Rabbit Recommends in the middle of them. I just saw a great movie. I wanted to let all of you guys know about it. And our, our start off here is going to kind of relate to the movie we're going to be talking about. As I was watching it, so when I was a kid, there was an episode of the new Twilight Zone. So they had the old Twilight Zone and then they brought it back in the 80s. There was an episode where a man, uh, a scientist was trying to figure out this equation and he's just looking at the board and he goes, man, I would sell my soul to have the answer to this equation. And a demon appears. And says, okay, here's the, here's the answer. And now your soul's mine, unless you can give me a task I can't complete. And the whole episode was kind of just like this debate between the two characters. It was really interesting. And they're constantly having this debate. And the scientist is trying to come up with something that the de- a task the demon cannot fulfill. If he can't come up with one, then the demon takes his soul. And the whole episode, the guy's just thinking about, you know, like, could I send him back in time? Could I send him to the edge of the universe? Can I send him inside of a black hole? And Demon's like, I can do all of that stuff. Like, you, no matter what you say, I can do. There's nothing I can't do. I've been uh, in the future. I've been to the end of time. I've been to the beginning of time. I've been to every corner of the universe. I've been at the microscopic level, the macroscopic level. Well, we're at the macroscopic level. But you know what I mean? He's inhabited every single thing. He knows every single thing about the universe. There's not a question he can't answer. And at the end of the episode, the scientist goes, okay. I want you to get lost. And the demon's like, no, no, no. Because somebody who knows everything can not can never be lost. And then the scientist goes about his business. I'm assuming then he goes, takes a smoke break. So the question of whether or not you can outwit a demon is most likely no, because they are like this infinitely existing being. But here's my question. Can you outsmart a ghost? Like, technically, a ghost is just the spirit of a human, so you think it would have the natural learning capabilities of a human. It it would be able to maybe understand... Let's say that if you were a game show host in life, and then you died and became a ghost, you're not going to automatically know about astrophysics or know about, you know, how a car engine works or the best play during baseball. You're going to, I think, be limited to your what your earthly knowledge was, plus some stuff like you obviously know what it's like to be dead, and you know about, you know, astral realms, maybe. Can you outwit a ghost? Can you outthink a ghost? Would it be that simple? If my house is being haunted, could I build some sort of Home Alone-style trap and the ghost wouldn't see it coming? Or are ghosts also just like demons where they're like ultimately perceptible? I don't know. And you know, it's funny because when you watch generally in movies that involve ghosts, they are do have kind of a limited human intelligence. They're not hyper intelligent. They can't really read minds and kind of give you like spooky dreams and stuff like that. But yeah, I I think it'd be interesting. If I was a ghost, would you simply be trying to outwit my intelligence now? Or would I be some sort of hyper intelligent, malevolent creature watching you while you sleep? I don't know. Actually, I think that just answered the question, honestly, because ghosts can do stuff like turn your electrical, you know, turn lights on or make it in cold room or like open a cabinet. And and, spoiler alert, that's all stuff that also happens accidentally. 
Like, if you come home and your cabinet's open, doesn't mean you have a ghost. Could be a whole host of other things. If you walk in and all your plates are piled up and it says, help me on the mirror, you probably have a ghost. If you walk in your house and there's like a portal and there's tendrils coming out of it, you might have a demon. So I think that's kind of the difference. Ghosts tend to do stuff, manipulate stuff in houses that are things that a human would do. They're not going to, you know, like rearrange the physics so you fall through a portal each time you walk into your shower. That's more of a demonic thing. Assuming any of that stuff actually exists, which I believe it does, but there's a lot of people who don't. I've never walked into a portal. We've talked about that. That's one of my fears. I would never take a shower again, and I barely take showers now. Let's go ahead and get started with the episode. So, so this first story actually comes from a listener. They emailed me. This goes out to, I'm assuming this is a fake name, Shakira Shakira. I don't think that's your real name. This is the story of a killer planet, one of many. And a lot of times people go, well, it's the same planet as this. So this is Shakira Shakira was walking around downtown and saw this sticker. I don't know where they're at, but they saw this sticker on a light pole that said, so this planet is called Herculubus, Herculubus. I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. And it's also gone by other names like Planet X or Nibiru. But Herculubus is the name given to this killer planet by the author slash esoteric genius, in their own words, V.M. Rabulu. V.M. Rabulu. Now, this is a Colombian channeler, a Colombian mystic, who had the visions of this coming planet. And they believe that um, Herculubus is comes around every so often, every 100,000 years or 15,000 years or whatever really suits the fancy of the writer. And as it comes within Earth's orbit, it begins to upset the planet, which is obvious. That's what would happen. Huge tidal waves, earthquakes, volcanoes, things like that. And they point to things that this has been going on for basically since the beginning of time. And that's why we have stories like Atlantis and, and all these civilizations being destroyed. And, you th- and I'm like, okay, that's possible. Like, obviously, planetary bodies, we're, we're just kind of all floating around in the universe. There's a, comets have crashed into us, meteorites have crashed into us, things have come close. There is a possibility that a giant planet is on a 100,000-year rotation, and it comes by every 100,000 years and messes stuff up. The thing is, is that we don't really see any evidence of that. We're not seeing any sort of, like, whoa, 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 gravity effects. We're not entirely sure on it but something it's supposed to be five or six times the mass of jupiter even if it was cycling around and and see it was supposed to come back around 2012 2013 if it was that close if it's supposed to come in within the next 10 20 years we would start to detect gravity wobbles but i'm on board with that that's definitely possible that this planet is floating around and it causes these disasters because we can look back in legends and see these disasters what i am not on board with is his solution. So what it is, is that as the planet gets closer, it's going to cause all these disasters. So we're doomed, right? There's nothing we can do to stop it. But the way to avoid it, so you can't avoid it, like not like Earth goes, "Eh," puts on the brakes and like skids past us. You meditate and your spirit goes into the astral. You know what I mean? Like that's where a lot of these stories lose me. Like I'm like, okay, I'm on board. There could be a planet coming along. And then they're like, find your fifth chakra and move to the light. And then you will go and you will find eight huckleberries, but only eat the sixth one. And no, come on, man. Like you, you lose me. A lot of people do this. A lot of these conspiracy theories do that. They just get a little too, a little too esoteric for me. Funny point, this guy doesn't like white people either. He says, and this is um, from one of the websites here, 
The encounter of the Earth with Herculubus takes place every side real year, whatever that means, and is thus a natural cosmic event. The first few races were not afraid of the disaster since they had not degenerated. They still had extraordinary powers and used them to escape the catastrophes. The protoplasmic and Hyborian races, for example, simply submerged themselves into the fourth dimension when the catastrophes began multiplying. The portion of the Lemurian civilization that had not degenerated did the same, while the rest perished. The vast majority of the Atlanteans died during the submersion of Atlantis, but a small minority was able to escape. Unfortunately, due to the extreme degeneration of the Aryan race, there will be few who will survive the upcoming cladicisms. Thanks, man. And everyone else can do this meditation and eat the sixth huckleberry and so on and go forth this planet. You lose me. N- not the racism thing. Whatever. That That's whatever floats your boat. I don't care about that. Other than I'm going to die in this cataclysm. What loses me is the spiritual side of it. If a giant planet's coming, there's really no dimension I can sneak in or out of to avoid getting just melted by this volcano. What's interesting about this story? Because that's pretty much it. I did a bunch of research on it. And everything just kind of says the same thing. Killer planet, killer planet, killer planet. What's interesting about the story is there are parallels to it that are real. The idea that we have these ancient stories and legends and it being linked to something that's coming up. So I live in the Pacific Northwest. I'm out in Hood River in Oregon. And they found out fairly recently there's a massive fault line up here. And they're talking about if it ever goes off, it will be one of the biggest earthquakes ever. It will just... Everything west of the I-5 will be covered in a tsunami. We're not prepared for it in any sort of way. What Who isn't killed in the earthquake is just going to get flattened out there. The New Yorker did an amazing article on it a while back, and I'm going to link it to you. I really recommend reading it. It's a great article about the Pacific Northwest fault line, or I think it's called the Cascadia fault line, and just earthquakes in general. They're talking numbers in the tens of thousands. Massive earthquake. And, you know, I, I come from California. Everything was earthquake-proof. And up here, it's not, really. Hood Rivers probably want to be affected by it. We'd obviously be affected by the uh, refugees coming in from it. And, we, you know, our freeways are going to be down, food supplies, things like that. What's interesting, so, you know, they discovered this fault line. But there was this old Native American legend about a guide some hunters went out from their tribe and there was a great shaking and when they went back the the entire tribe was underwater and people explorers had heard that story and they're like oh you know native americans are just telling this story it was an old story so they were saying you know like my my grandparent went through this like you know there are these stories they also found in the area they found a forest of dead trees And they look at them and they go, well, those trees were killed by salt water. We know those trees were killed by salt water just from testing them and things like that. And they figured that the water table was just a little bit different and they got flooded. And then over time, the water receded and the trees just died from salt water. There was no written history of the area back, say, in the 1700s. The Native Americans had no written history, so we didn't have anything to compare it against. But in Japan at the time... Their written history is impeccable. Their civilization was full bore back in the 1700s. They'd been around for thousands and thousands of years, had written languages and paper, documentation, all that stuff. So in their history, they talk about a a 600-mile-long wave hit Japan. 
And they didn't know where it came from. They just... Just hits them. Smashes them. And so they, you know, the people who survived wrote it down in their legends and or wrote it down in their history books and said, you know, this happened and all these people died and so on and so forth. What happened was American scientists and Japanese scientists got together and they started comparing notes and they realized that that, that tsunami, that 600 mile long tsunami that hit Japan matched up with the timeline for those trees in that area to be dead by salt water. And so that's when they started thinking, because this, this research was back in the 80s, that's when they started thinking, what probably happened? Because they had suffered no earthquake in Japan, the tsunami came out of nowhere, and the Cascades are part of the Ring of Fire. The scientists go, maybe we should start looking for a fault line here, because maybe an earthquake happened here and sent that tidal wave. And sure enough, that's what they found. So using these old Native American legends, these Japanese records, they can actually find the causes of these disasters. I think that is far more fascinating than planet flying by, blowing stuff up. But that's just the way it is. That's the way history is. Oh, oh, let me just say. So no, again, there's there's a chance that a planet's going to come by and swing by Earth and smash it and stuff like that. It's astronomically small, but it's possible. I think that if it does come by, whether or not you meditate or float around or stop being an Aryan, you're doomed anyways. It's a giant planet, and it's interfering with their gravity, but that's just living in the cosmos. As scary as that is, as dark and as scary and as infinite as that is. We're going to do a quick Dead Rabbit Recommends here. I just watched a movie. It just came out. It's on DVD, video on demand. I think it's in some theaters. It's awesome. It's called The Toy Box. I'm going to tell you the premise, and you're going to laugh, and like I did, and then you're going to be intrigued, hopefully. The movie is about a haunted RV. And I was like, what? Okay, I got to watch that. What it is, is there is an RV that was used by a serial killer to kill his victims. It kind of just drove around America. And a family gets ownership of it. And that's pretty much all I'm going to tell you about the plot. The It's kind of an ensemble cast. Misha Barton's in it, who I just absolutely love i think she's super hot she i never watched her on the oc because i don't watch shows like that she's been doing a lot of horror the past couple of years so that that's really cool um there was a really hot actress in it and i was like she kind of looks like denise richards like a younger denise richards it's denise richards how is she not aging she looks like she's 25 i don't know who the guys were but anyways the director of the movie is this uh, director named tom nagel he did a movie i previously watched called clown town i wasn't a fan of that i watched maybe half of it cut to the ending wasn't a fan of that. However, if he needs to make Clown Town to make this movie, it's totally worth it. This movie is gross. It's, it's not gross. Well, they do have some gross deaths, but you just it feels dirty and it feels sweaty. Very, very well done movie. The whole movie takes place in the RV or around the RV. It's trapped in the middle of the wilderness. The, the kills come out of nowhere, and I'll say this too, the reason really why I'm recommending this is that it's, other than it just being a well-made movie, is that it has one of the most powerful ghosts I've seen in a movie. It can do pretty much what it wants. It can possess the RV, it can possess people, its victims will show up to haunt people, it can communicate in a way, but it doesn't, and it's just primal. It's this very primal ghost-slash-demon character. Where you, when I, And that's why I was saying, like, when you talk about outwitting demons, you, you wouldn't be able to outwit this one. Because he already spent his life hunting humans. He knows how to make people suffer and make people his prey. And now he's just a force of 
nature or force of super nature. Is that a word, supernature, like supernatural? He's just very, it's a very primal enemy, which which definitely raises the stakes over something that's just like, la, 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 la. And they're like, oh, what was over there? The movie, I, the movie was not what I expected. I expected the RV to be haunted and the family was going to have to band together to figure out it. No. No, the movie starts throwing you curveballs right away. It's very, very well done. The Toy Box, starring Misha Barton, who's super hot, and Denise Richards, who is amazingly attractive. I, I don't know. And, yeah, Toy Box. Check it out. Highly recommend it. Dead Rabbit recommends the Toy Box. We're going to go ahead and move on to our next story. A story I was like, oh, man. You know, it's on the conspiracy. You know, it's on the Iceberg Conspiracy list. So, anyways, meth immortality was on the iceberg list, and I went and I did some research assuming it was true, like I always do. I'm not going to let my personal biases towards meth, uh, you know, stop me from doing that. I found some interesting things. Most of it's nonsense, but I did find an interesting key to the component. So, the first thing is, are there health benefits to methamphetamine use? There are people who claim there are health benefits. Sometimes they're meth users, so that shouldn't shock you too much. Here is a quote I'll, i'm i'm going to try to read this as a meth addict would we'll see if this works uh we have weight loss here good for obese people it can treat adhd it has high motivation to achieve skills that is good for students who are like four grades ahead of their grade you can even go without sleeping for days or even a few weeks the record holder was a 17 year old high school guy who went for 11 days without sleeping to complete a science project with ice those records can be easily broken you might even be called a real-life superhuman, but even a superhuman needs to recharge. So, so, so to recharge, after a superhuman show of no sleep with no effects, he would oversleep for a day. The average person would sleep for eight hours and can go for at least 24, 48 hours without sleeping until he, she needed to sleep. But this superhuman just needs to oversleep for just four hours for weeks of no sleep. Wow. You will regenerate even after being negative 30 degrees Celsius temperature with shirt and pants or even nude. Like in January 1942 for 500 Nazi German soldiers, users will become more self-confident and with impressive productivity. Let's just say, if you have 15 criminals with steel rods attacking you alone, even an all-around boss like me would eventually lose to the gang. So ice is just what you need, unless you are stronger than Big Z. One time in my elementary school, two of my heaviest friends went crazy and just kept attacking me. They were 90 kilograms in total. One of them tried to push me out the school building, but got back a very hard kick to the stomach. One of my friends got crazy two weeks later, knocking out four adult men in the process. So it's basically grade five me fighting against nine normal men. Surprisingly, my crazy friend didn't give up after a hard pinch to the neck. If I used crystal meth, I would beat them very easily. There was no winner because the teachers eventually saw it. If it were to continue on, I might win with huge losses. But for arm wrestling, they're very strong. Just see Nazi German soldiers, how they benefited. I, I, I think meth should have a new name of Superman pill, even though there are some side effects like excessive aging and stuff like that. We can also name it Miracle Pills. Just, you, drugs aren't so bad at all. The benefits are the same as consequences, at least, or, or somewhat more. I think you should take it if you want to beat records. Otherwise, no. No. My hands cramped halfway through doing that. I wish you could see it. I was clutching my fingers and occasionally picking at my face. I hate meth. I've never used it. I've seen people use it. I've never had a friend die from it, but I've had friends throw their lives away for it. It should not be called Superman pills. 
doesn't turn into Superman. You'll think you're Superman. I couldn't find any confirmation of the of the this is the this is my job now i hope you guys realize when a guy makes a claim that in january 1942 500 nazi german soldiers were able to be nude in negative 30 degrees celsius i had to research that because that's my job the ravings of a meth addict now become something i have to look into i couldn't find anything of it no it should not be called superman pills or the miracle pills it does will help you lose weight because you stop eating and it boosts your metabolism and it can keep you up. That young kid who did the high school, the 17 year old high school kid who went 11 days without sleep, did it without meth. I think I mentioned him on another story. I may have cut it out on our story about can't sleep kill you. I, I did mention it. It was for a science project. This guy's saying, just do meth, just do meth, kid. You could have done way better. You would have gotten like 10 A's on your test. 10 A's, 10 A's. There was a, quite a few... St- Uh, comments like this where people are like oh no it's really beneficial if you just do it on the weekends or if you just do it in your morning or nurses put it in their coffee and truck drivers use it and stuff like that and and yes people do use meth less occasionally than like the meth user meth causes things like meth mouth it causes you to age prematurely it can cause brain damage over time it makes you depressed once you stop taking it because your dopamine levels are all, all messed up you don't eat you don't sleep you'll start to get psychosis from not sleeping it cause it can cause you to be violent not necessarily the meth of the psychosis i will say the main problem with meth is that it makes you incredibly irritating to be around the one thing i found that you could possibly say that meth can make you immortal is when we look uh, is when we look at because when we look at crystal meth it's crystals. And there are a lot of people who believe that you can charge a crystal, like quartz or things like that. You can charge these crystals with healing energy and then use them. And you can find countless resources where align your chakras with crystals, heal yourself with crystals, cleanse your house with crystals. Very, very common. It's all about charging the crystal with the positive energy, getting a crystal that can hold. They're like batteries, basically. Crystals in the purest form, when we're getting into the spiritual now. I don't necessarily believe all of this, but I'm going to present it to you as they would. So the the crystals you can charge with your own emotional energy, they're basically batteries, and then you can use that. I, I mean, I have a few crystals around my house. I don't, you know, but I'm not like, oh no, where's my crystal? Like, I think they're nice to look at. I found cool rocks on the ground and go, this is my lucky rock, and I'll keep it in my pocket for a while. But... People, this is the thing. So if if you accept that's true, if you accept that a crystal, a crystalline form can be used to charge energy, why can't you charge crystal meth? Why wouldn't you be able to take, I, I just heard a hundred listeners reaching for their meth bag to, to hold while they listen to the rest of this episode. If I'm holding my meth and I'm charging it with positive healing energy, I'm making this meth, I'm putting all of my positive and joyful emotions into this meth into these crystals and then i put them into my body i'm breaking them down into the purest form of healing power what is more personal what is more intimate than breathing the crystals in versus if you have a quartz crystal and you set it on your chest and this is putting healing energy into your third chakra this is you actually taking the crystals into your bloodstream have you ever smelt crystal meth? It's gross. I remember once I came into possession of a very large chunk of crystal meth. It's a long story. 
I'll tell you the story, because otherwise you're going to think I'm using crystal meth. The cops were looking for somebody. They asked me to do them a favor. Anyways, it smells like every household chemical poured into a ball. It was disgusting. It was so gross. It smelled like a little bit of chlorine and a little bit of formaldehyde. It just smelled toxic. And I remember looking at this and going, why would someone put this in their body? At least marijuana smells natural. You smell marijuana. You may not like the smell, but it smells like something you would smell in the forest. Anyways, you charge those crystals and you breathe them into your body or you inject them into your body. I got all these meth stories. I knew a guy whose all of his veins collapsed from doing meth and he was trying to inject meth into his eyeball and his friends had to stop him. You see, now you... I know these people. These aren't stories I read on the internet. This is why I'm so hardcore on not doing meth because I've seen otherwise reasonable people try to do horrible stuff. I wasn't there when he tried to put the needle in his eyeball, but the guy told me the story and his friend was there and and she was like, yeah, we had to stop him because he was about to inject meth into his eye. He wanted it so bad. I don't know how long this episode's going to run, but the point is, is that I I know I keep telling these horror stories and I go back to the story because again, I'm absolutely against this, but I got to report. I don't have to report it, but the, you charge the meth crystals and you put them in your body. It was interesting because as I was researching this, I came across a little nugget. You can even imbue the meth with positive emotions while they're forming, while you're cooking it. I found this, this little thing here. I'm not going to read this as a crank addict because I really like that really took a lot out of my hands. The next variety we avoid is that which we term an anger batch. This strange alchemical, this strange alchemical, like alchemy, alchemical mixture, whether embedded into the final product by differing neurotoxins employed during the various refining processes or by vibe level impartation by the very cooks or subsequent handlers themselves for the blessed shards of the gods or themselves quartz-like crystals, fully capable of retaining imparted energies we know not. Is responsible. This makes no sense because the guy who wrote this is a meth addict, by the way. I'm reading this word for word. Is responsible for the artificial and, in our case, utterly undesired evocation of unwarranted rage. Sadly, it is a trick of the substance itself to trap the unwary per- participant, is what it should be, to track the unwary participant into remaining oblivious as to the cause of the instantaneous substance induced anger a pitfall which has snared all too many who employ the substance for merely profane reasons. Add to this the danger involved in stimulating the so-called reptilian subbrain of the human neurophysiology without sufficient preliminary preparation, not unlike raising the the kundalini without adequate preparation, and you can clearly see how this aspect as well can perniciously exasperate exaggerate the onslaught of inappropriate rage brought on by a tainted anger batch. Again, hanging out with meth heads is irritating. Reading what they're writing is ten times worse. So he's saying that if the cook's angry and they're going under a lot of stress, it can affect the crystals being constructed and the people handling it, if they're also putting all their rage and anger into the batch it's loaded full of those negative energies but if everyone's if everyone in the meth supply line is positive you will create 
good meth. Not in the sense that it's like, oh man, this is the best meth I've ever had. Oh my god, like I totally need to get some more. That it actually instills you with good feelings rather than the negative and the paranoid and the angry and all that stuff. If you accept the possibility that crystals can store energy and can store emotions and you can use them for healing, then you would, in a sense, have to accept that meth is a crystal, crystal meth, and it would have the same effect. If a crystal is a crystal is a crystal, and one can store energy, the meth can store energy, and in a sense, this guy's correct. Uh, you... I think if you accepted the possibility of everything that I said, that a crystal is a crystal is a crystal, and you can charge crystals with healing energy, and then you can inject those crystals into you constantly, and you are constantly charging your crystals and constantly injecting them into you in some sort of weird way, if you believed all of that. So I do believe you can charge crystals, and I do believe you can charge items. I think it's more of a mental thing, though. I don't think they actually have any sort of power. You can have your favorite teddy bear, but that teddy bear doesn't actually have any real power. You just have a good emotional attachment to it. However, there are people who do believe that you charge things with positive or negative energy, and then it is spiritually charged or emotionally charged. It's just not something mental, but it's something that you can then charge a crystal and give it to someone else, and then they will feel that charge and that healing energy. If you accept that, if you accept that a crystal is a crystal is a crystal, if you accept that crystals can be charged with positive or negative energy, if you believe that that energy is not just a mental trick, but it is actually a metaphysical energy you are charging with that, if you injected that healing, light, metaphysical, supernatural energy into your body or smoked it and did it over and over again and only did meth, that was charged by positive people all the way down, you could, if you believe that, in theory, live forever. Because you're getting that healing energy into your body. Do I believe that? Absolutely not. That's meth immortality for you. You charge the crystals positively, but you have to do it the whole chain down. No one can ever touch it who has any negative thoughts. It has to be pure and holy and healing all the way down. And then instead of getting the healing power from putting the chakra under your pillow or in your pocket or on your chest or whatever, you smoke it or inject it in your bloodstream, you're getting 100% pure, uncut, healing, metaphysical energy. I don't believe it. I think meth is incredibly harmful, and I would never do it. And I hope no one ever does it again. And if it disappeared from the planet Earth, I would be happy. So that's meth immortality for you. It's on the iceberg list. I got to cover it. It was interesting to look up. I was just like, ah, oh, man, I hope no one listens to this who's in recovery. And they're like, ah, oh. you know. So I apologize for that. It's it's a struggle to get off of drugs. So that, that wasn't my intention. And again, it's not real unless you believe it. Unless you believe in all that healing crystal stuff. And it has to be real, I guess. But again, don't do it. I've lost a lot of friends to it. I'd hate to lose a listener and you guys are my friends, too. I'd hate to lose my another friend to it as well. So just stay strong. If you're on the path, if you're thinking about doing, don't do it. It's not worth it. And if you're currently using, stop. Do your best. Get into recovery. We're all here for you. We're all here to help you recover.
deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Thanks, Shakira Shakira, for sending me the Herculubus story. Again, anyone who wants to send me stories like that. I've gotten a couple on YouTube, too. Uh, there's another weird one I was sent we're going to do later in the week or next week. Twitter is at Jason O. Carpenter. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.